and welcome to this episode of Shop of the Pack. I am one of your hosts, Gary Swan, and joining me once again, the sausage to my eggs, is James Wagstaff. How are you doing, James? Yeah, starting to get in uh, the Christmas spirit, albeit in tier four, which is slightly disappointing. Uh, not going to be able to see any family, but, uh, you know, bought enough booze to uh, sink, sink a ship, so that should do the trick. Well, that's it. A festive jumper and, uh, and too many beers, it's, it's only going to be a good thing for the, the whole week. Um... Right, Samir, so just jumping straight into it, um, because of the time of year, I've seen basically no games at all this weekend. Um, so tell me how we did against the Panthers. Yeah, it was a, an interesting game. Um, the Packers came out absolutely on fire. Uh, offense looks crisp as I think I've seen it all season. I thought more of the same. Here we go. First three drives, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Can't ask for a better return than that. Uh, and then it was 21-3 at this point. Game was looking, you know, this is going to be a blowout, nice and comfortable. Maybe even, you know, get yourself off bed early, lofty. But uh, being the Packers, obviously that's not the way they like to do things. They like to keep things interesting, you know, get your heart racing mid uh, 2 a.m. Um, so they then proceeded to go follow those three straight touchdown drives with punt, 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 field goal, punt. Uh, victory formation. So, what started out as a game of really crisp, dominating offense. They were making it look so easy. Everything was in time, in stride, in rhythm. Uh, they were marching down the field at will, dried up completely, uh, and, and everything was incredibly hard. The, the game plan was surprising. There was no motion on offense, uh, and sort of even getting a first down became in incredibly difficult, which for this team all season is, is a surprise. Now, I'm willing to give them a, a pass on, on sort of one half of, of, of bad sort of offensive football, given what we've seen this season. I, I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt uh, at this point and sort of chalk it up to, you know, a win's a win at this time of the season, as we saw throughout the NFL. But um, given what we saw in the last two weeks now, where the Packers have sort of, got out into some fairly comfortable positions and they just don't seem to be able to put games to bed. And it is somewhat of a concern. Obviously, if, if you're playing a better side, they, they, this could come back to bite. Obviously, thankfully, these two games, one against the Lions, one against the Panthers, neither of them anywhere near the, the playoff picture. But, you know, you have to be wary um, if this was to continue that they could end up obviously sort of going out in the playoffs if they were to, to let teams back in when they've already got the game in hand. Uh, I mean. I don't know if I'm, I'm misremembering some games, but it feels like it's been something that's been going on all season. Like we get out to like a decent start, and then it, it sort of tails off in the third quarter, and we don't, we don't necessarily show up again for the fourth, like, especially against like the, the Colts, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, the Colts, I would say that that game is probably as mirror image comparison as, as what you would go for this game. Obviously, the Colts is a better opponent, um, and their defense is, is legitimate. This Panthers team that, that they beat, um, their defense by all accounts, isn't supposed to be great. I mean, Drew Locke, the previous week, thrown four touchdowns against them and, and, and an awful lot of yards. So you weren't expecting an awful lot of resistance. Uh, and, and obviously that was the case in the first three drives. Now, they obviously made adjustments and fair play. That, that's good coaching. They, they, they got after the quarterback. Um, four sacks, which is, again is a bit of a concern for a line that's been pretty spoiled, very solid all season. Um, and and Rodgers was under a lot more pressure, probably the most pressure I've seen him under since the, the Buccaneers game but yeah it, it, it does have similarities to to that Colts game where the Packers were so good on offense for a time and then it just all went in the tank and it, and it does seem 
you know, reminiscent of a few games under Matt Lafleur, where the, the offense can look so good for for long stretches, and then they just seem to have this mental breakdown at times, where when it goes wrong, everything goes wrong, and that was the case on uh, on Saturday night. Thankfully, Teddy Bridgewater isn't the most capable of quarterbacks, um, and decided to give the ball back to us on the on the one yard line with a with his fumble, uh, which which certainly helped the proceedings. Uh, but against a, a much more capable we could have been in some really real trouble, particularly obviously uh, when we were sort of punting back at will. So, um, like you mentioned, Drew Lock there, like he's, he's obviously not like the world's greatest quarterback, like the Broncos guy. Um, but he got four touchdowns, like five, like five bajillion yards or whatever it was in the air. So Aaron Rodgers being like a Hall of Fame MVP level of quarterback, he only threw for 143 lot, uh, yards. Like why? Why was the? Why did Aaron Jones, as one player, get more yards than? Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for it without such a strength and a weakness in comparison. Yeah, I, I mean, it was surprising. Even when the Packers' offense was was racing very efficiently in the first half, it was primarily off the back of of Aaron Jones' legs. He was he, he was scra- scrambling and, and getting an awful lot of yards for the Packers, and, and Rodgers didn't have an awful lot to do at that stage. I mean, he, he threw a, a touchdown and, and he ran in for for another score, but he wasn't actually sort of asked to, to sort of throw it deep. It, it seemed that. Panthers had a fairly good plan for, for what to do. They, they, they doubled and at times tripled Devontae Adams and, and dared sort of Rodgers to beat them with, with his other weapons. Now, obviously, it's been much spoken about that those weapons that, that he's got. Um, and, you know, Lazard, there's a big drop late in the first half, uh, fast half when, when he could have uh, potentially got into field goal range as time was, was, was running out. Um, it was a big drop. And then there was a, a few other drops, even from Devontae. He, he had one. Where the offense just wasn't wasn't crisp. I think, to be honest with you, Lafleur didn't call the best game. Uh, if I'm being totally honest, particularly in the in the second half, it seemed like they were consistently um, sort of trying to to throw short of the sticks and, and get yards after catch. And they didn't trust Rogers to throw it deep almost, which is surprising given the, the form that he's been showing this so far this season. So, as I say, you hope it's an, an aberration. It's just a, a one game thing. But um, yeah. What we'll have to see this week, I suppose, and moving forward. Yeah, well, speaking of, obviously, we got the, the Titans up next, and it's no strength, uh, no secret, sorry, that their strength is their running game. And the other side of that coin is that we basically have no run defense to speak of. Um, so, do you reckon the tactics next week will be air the ball out, get a big lead, and force them to throw the ball? Because it's not like that Tannehill's much of a slouch himself, he can throw the ball as well. No, it's been quite accurate this year. Yeah, I mean, it's a matchup perspective, obviously, the Packers run that. D has been much questioned all seasons and we, we've spoken at length a number of times. I actually don't think the Packers defence, at least in the last few weeks, has been has been that bad. Um, if you go back and look at the, the box scores, at least, over the last few weeks, the Packers have been sort of fairly consistent on on, on defence, at least playing at a slightly higher level than they, they were playing in the early portion of this season. Now, admittedly, if you go back and the teams they've faced, we're not talking about absolute offensive juggernauts by any Imagination. So you have to take it, those stats with a pinch of salt. And I mean, if you go back the last few weeks, um, the Eagles, Miles Sanders, he's, he's reasonably okay, but I wouldn't say he was a superstar. Uh, the Lions, you know, DeAndre Swift, Adrian Peterson again. And then obviously CMC wasn't, didn't play for the Panthers. So we haven't played a, a decent running back for, for, for some time, really. Uh, so it will be a very good test. I'm, I'm very looking forward. Well, I'm very much looking forward to the game because this is how you sharpen yourself ready for the playoffs against a, a team that have got a very, very good 
offense um and yeah i'd be interested to see because it will be a good measuring to stick to see where this packers are obviously things are looking quite good for the home field advantage uh at this stage and so the packers may well be hosting one or two hopefully games uh in the postseason in january at lambeau uh, against playoff teams so I think by reckoning they should treat this game as a, as a playoff matchup and, and sort of test it out because they're going to be getting some very good quality opponents coming through the door very, very shortly. Yeah, I mean, I personally think it's going to be a very close game over the weekend. Um, I think the Titans will probably edge it just because of how porous the, the run defense has been against someone so like strong, I suppose is the only real word for it, as, uh, as Derek Henry. I think we'll struggle. So I've gone for a 28-26, very narrow Titans win. So I've gone for a much bigger score. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I don't, although, as I say, I've made obviously an argument there for the Packers' defence, I still don't trust them. Um, obviously, if they were to, to, to ball out in this game uh, and prove me completely wrong, I'd be very happy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I say I don't completely trust them. Like that. Uh, but I think the, the Titans' D are doing pretty poor as well this season. Obviously, the Packers' offence has been very good. So... I'm going to go for an absolute shootout, game of the season style, 43-38 Packer win. Oof. I think it's, um, you know, it's going to come down to who can score and who probably get, has the ball last, uh, who's going to win this one. Because as I say, I don't trust either defence. I mean, apparently the Titans actually lead the NFL in scoring. Uh, they've scored 436 points. The Packers are actually number three now after slightly less output uh, against the, the Panthers, although they've only scored two points less than the Titans. So, miraculously, although there's only two points difference, there is one team ambushed in between the two, which I thought was quite an interesting statistic. Who's the, who's the team? Chiefs. Oh, of course it is. Silly question. Um, 48-33 is a big shout. Like that's, fingers crossed, you've obviously got more faith than I do, but we'll see how we go. Um, all right, so the Pro Bowl is, is due up. Obviously, it's a bit of a different one this year than what it is most years. Um, seven players have been selected this year. Six of them starting. Yeah, um, it's it's big for, for for the Packers. Obviously, that they've got obviously a lot of, a lot of players obviously made it this year. Whereas in time, years gone past, particularly last season, obviously a lot of players seem to be be snubbed. Ultimately speaking, obviously last year five players made it, and actually a few of those were sort of later on, as and when people pulled out for for injuries. So seven players and, and six of them being starters is, is very impressive. Um, so. so I mean, I'm very you'd surprised to see Elgin Jenkins uh, there, not because of his play, but because, you know, you don't usually see sort of rookie, well, not rookie, but uh, very young early in their career guards make it to the Pro Bowl because it's obviously a lot about name repetition uh, and reputation to, to sort of get you into the limelight, so speaking. I think the, the two major snubs, I think, at this point, um, you'd have to say big Bobby Tunyon's been absolutely done over. Uh, he's got 10 studies on the season um, compared to Evan Ingram who's only got one um, other than that their statistics are pretty similar uh, but somehow Evan Ingram for the, for the Giants has got the nod ahead of him which you know I'd be pretty gutted if I was big Bobby at this yeah, point yeah no you would be upset by that yeah and then Corey Lindsley um, obviously he's been injured the last couple of weeks but he was pro football focused number one rated centre coming into before he got injured so the fact that he didn't even make it as the alternate is surprising when he was having such a good season analytics at least. Yeah, I mean, sorry. Um, yeah, I, mean, like the, I don't know what the Pro Bowl is going to be like this year. I heard it's going to be on Madden or something like that. 
they're going to have Madden matchups or something like yeah, um, sounds a bit of a farce. Uh, the whole, I mean, it's usually a bit of a farce, but it's more of a farce than it usually is. Obviously, it's more of a the players care more about it for, for the, a lot of incentives and contracts, mm-hmm. whether or not you you get a pro bowl bid. Um, I mean, personally, I'd cancel the thing and never play it again. The standing so poor, no one's tackling. It just doesn't make sense when played at half speed. Uh, I think pro bowls are nice. Obviously, all pros. I think that's the, the list that you really want to look at. That's when you've got people who really know what they're talking about or voting for things. So that's the list that come out in the next few weeks. I'd be surprised if it's, I wouldn't say an equal number, but a, a good few of those names should still be on that list. Yeah, you'd assume so, like, because there's no reason why they shouldn't be. They've all been playing extraordinarily well. Um, a few of them have even, like, Adams and Jones have had, what, five games out between them or something like that. So, yeah, they're all back to area had a few games out too. So, you know, there's no reason why. If they get him selected for the Pro Bowl, they can't be selected for the All Pro team as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the, the only thing, obviously, with the All Pro team is slightly more prestigious because you've only got first and second team. Um, you, so it's no, not, no, it's not conference divided, not, not NFC and AFC. So you really have to be either the best or the second best at your position to make it. I think this is an absolute shoe in. I think it'd be very harsh if Devontae didn't make it. Back to Ari again. Likely, Jenkins likely, and yeah, Jaya Alexander probably can't see Aaron Jones making it. In all honesty, uh, just because you know Derek Henry in this league. So well, that's it. Eh? Um, right then, let's move on to the NFC playoff watch. All right, so Packers are eleven and three, currently number one seed. Then the Saints, then the Seahawks, both on ten and four. The next two games for each of them are Titans Bears for us, Vikings Panthers for the Saints, and Rams 49ers for the Seahawks. What's happening? Yeah, I mean, from a, a sort of playoff seeding perspective, the results this weekend couldn't have gone much better. Obviously, the Packers managed to hold on, get the W, which is obviously crucial to keep winning, um, to put yourself in the best position. Obviously, the easiest way to look at it, Packers win out last two games, and, and it's definitely theirs without a shadow of a doubt. Now, the way that things work, if they win the Bears game uh, on, in Week 17, irrespective of what happens this week, they'll be guaranteed the. Um, one seed because it's an NFC matchup as opposed to an AFC matchup. Um, but they can actually clinch home field this week with a bit of help. If they're to win their game against the Titans and the Rams beat Seattle, then they can actually clinch it this week. Um, because the Saints, obviously, falling a game behind, they've also got that tiebreaker. So, in effect, they're two games behind the Packers at this stage. Um, so, so, the Packers win one more, and as I say, that Seattle lose, then it's the Packers and it doesn't matter what happens in week 17 it would be nice going into that game also be interesting if that did happen to see who plays quarterback would we see the debut of Jordan Love and would they rest Rodgers but that's uh, another conversation to see what happens obviously in these hypothetical situations it does transfer out what, what even is happening with Jordan Love because he's, he's barely suited up this season and he's the reports coming out seem to be that he's not particularly doing well yeah, I mean, I think that was their plan all along. They were never going to, unless sort of barring injury, I think that their ideal scenario was what's happened. Aaron Rodgers, rocket up his ass, gets a player drafted, plays at an MVP level, and you don't need to worry about, obviously, Jordan Love and the succession plan. You know, that can, that can wait at this point. So, kind of what they, they, they're in their absolute fever dream scenario, this is exactly that, I think. They can obviously keep letting him develop. Doesn't have to see if it now. Tim Boyle, been the start. Obviously, he's 
he's had a couple of years in in this offense. He knows it a lot better than than Love. But obviously, from a sort of future proofing, it would be interesting in week seventeen if that that number one seed was was fully locked up and, and the Packers were in position where they would consider playing. Obviously, without a preseason this this off season, and we didn't get to see him at all. Um, I think it would be nice to at least see what we've got. And you risk pissing off Rogers. So maybe they would just uh, just leave it for the time being when they're on a potential sort of super. But he he plays better with a with a chip on his shoulder anyway. So if we if we do get the number one seed, then giving him that extra week off, the two weeks to recover from any possible nickels he might have, might be might be better after the bye week, no? Yeah, I mean, I I'd agree. Except obviously the the scars of 2011 when the Packers team obviously 15 and one, they have the home field advantage coming off the Super Bowl year and uh, everyone thinks they're going to walk to another title. They they have, they rest their, their starters in week 17 against the Lions. They get the win. Uh, Matt Flynn threw for six touchdowns, which was one of those weird, weird week 17 games that you get. Uh, and then we come out after the bye, play the Giants and the offence looks sort of stale, stagnant, looks like they haven't played in a few weeks and they get beaten by a hot team. So I think that I'd be even if the Packers were to clinch home field this week, I think that I would look to at least play them for one half against the Bears, just so that they, you know, they have, and then and then once the game is either in hand or uh, it gets to sort of halftime, you just pull the starters and then to keep everyone wrapped in bubble wrap for, for the divisional round. But you don't want to, uh, yeah, from experience from that from that sort of playoff heartache, I think that they, they want to give them at least a, a few reps. So as number one seed right now, who are we? Uh, who are we looking against facing? Well, I mean, we won't find that out until Wildcard Weekend. Ultimately, whoever is the lowest seed left in the bracket, whoever that is, will, will be coming to, to Lambeau if we are to, to, to lock up that one seed. So it depends what happens in those games. Obviously, if you were to look at the projected matchups now, and uh, based on where things are, obviously things are going to change over the course of the last week but based on where we are at the moment let's have a look so, who do you want to avoid I think from a matchup perspective I think that the Packers don't match particularly well against the Rams I, I wouldn't really fancy that matchup just because they run the ball very very well uh, although Cam Akers picked up a, an injury uh, on the weekend I still don't fancy them they've got sort of three running backs Sean McVay is very creative and I think that he in a similar sense to how badly we matched up with the 49ers last season I do think that they could well pose sort of difficulty so I wouldn't I wouldn't fancy the Rams so much obviously they lost to the Jets so you know um, yeah. but that I was quite upset about that <laughs> bit of a, an aberration outside of that obviously the Buccaneers game was very was the worst game by far this season for the Packers so admittedly it would probably be well it's likely to be at Lambeau but um, obviously, if, if their defense is put before what they did in that game earlier in the season, then that, that would be a concern. I don't think Arizona is a great matchup either, particularly if Kyler Murray is fully healthy. Um, his scrambling abilities is obviously exceptionally difficult to, to, um, to stop. So, yeah, I mean, there's some, some tough games, no doubt. Um, so basically, but, anyone in the NFC West we need to avoid. Well, yeah, pretty much. Uh, if we if we can, I mean, I, I don't. I I think I fancy the the Packers against Seattle. Obviously, we took care of business in the playoffs last season at home against Seattle. Russell Wilson's never won at won at Lambeau, and I, and I would fancy the Packers against Seattle, particularly the way that they're performing at the moment. I also fancy us to get would fancy us to get the Chiefs at home. 
uh, based on what they're showing at the moment, even though their defense is looking very good, I don't think their offense is, is sort of critical enough to, to, to score enough points. Obviously, whoever wins the NFC East, you, 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 if you could um, possibly get them, that would be a, a pretty dream scenario, whoever it was that won that. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say at the moment, if you, I mean, projected, if, if, if it, the season ended today, at the moment, the Saints would host the Cardinals, which would be a pretty interesting matchup to see who came out on top of that one. Uh, the Buccaneers would travel to Seattle, um, and then the the Washington football team would host. So, be interesting to see who made it out of those three ties, and obviously the lowest of, of the seeds would, would end up on their way to, to Lambeau. I mean, no, wouldn't put it past Arizona to knock out um, knock out New Orleans. Yeah, that, that could be quite an interesting one. I think it depends on how healthy Breeze is if and when he comes back for that game. Yeah, obviously he didn't didn't look great uh, against the Chiefs on on the weekend. Um, I mean, he, he came back from pretty much as many broken ribs as you can possibly have uh, without adding some new ribs. So uh, fair enough. He started zero and six passing, which is actually the worst he started a game in his entire career. So maybe if he sort of the rust blows off, he did look a bit better as that game wore on through a nice touch, but definitely looked particularly early in the game his arm strength wasn't there. Be interesting to see how he gets this week again the bike Christmas Day. I mean, his arm strength hasn't really been there all season, but I mean, I can only imagine with 500 broken ribs and 17 collapsed lungs, you're going to be struggling to throw the ball anyway. I can't imagine it's very comfy, no. Uh, it's going to be, yeah, pretty difficult to do that. And then if someone hits you, I can't imagine that's going to be a fun experience either. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on for the, for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Right, we mentioned Drew Brees quite a bit in the last couple of minutes. So, last week's game of the week, we both went with Chiefs for the Chiefs-Saints game. Um, how did that transpire? Obviously, like, Brees didn't look particularly clever, but, I mean, as we discussed, he is coming off the back of a fairly substantial torso injury, shall we say? Yeah, and I think that he showed that he's still... I mean, apart from... I just spoke down about his experience. He offers you more in that offence, which is primarily a timing-based offence uh, than what you get with, with Taysom Hill. Um, I, I think that you know he threw three touchdowns um, and about 230 odd yards. So he, he played reasonably well um, on the whole against the Chiefs' defense, patchy, uh, but playmakers um, throughout. But um, yeah, it was an interesting game. It seems as though the Chiefs do something similar every week, where they make it leave it close enough, but then at the end. They just pull away when they need to. They don't. They seem to put in exactly the right amount of effort in every week. <laughs> just, just get the win. Uh, they'll let teams back in, but they, they've always got enough, and what they can turn it on seemingly at will. Whoever, I mean, they're going to be a tough out for anyone in the AFC playoffs, and I'd certainly, they're certainly my call for, for, for sort of back-to-back Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to look past the Chiefs for a, for a second Super Bowl appearance. Well, third in a row, isn't it? Actually, because they got beat by the. Uh... Patriots a couple of years ago as well. So they lost to the Patriots in the AFC title game and then obviously won Super Bowl. But yeah, I mean, obviously, bar, bar, was it D Ford being slightly offside, they would have gone to yeah. um, lining up when they, they intercepted Brady, but obviously got called back on penalty. They probably would have would have gone two straight Super Bowls, I think. I think they would have beaten that Rams team had they made that Super Bowl back in, in 20. 
But um, yeah, no, they, they're a formidable team. Um, obviously, have got unbelievable talent throughout, particularly obviously on football. Um, it'd be interesting if they do play the Bills. The Bills have really started to come good in the last few weeks. I think that'd be a very good matchup. I'd love to watch that. We'll watch that at some point uh, this postseason. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably have the the Bills Chiefs on uh, if it ever comes on. Um, anyway. Uh, right, so next week's game of the week, we we sort of spoke about this before we started recording, but we, we decided to go with the Seahawks-Rams because of the, it just looks like a much better game than the other ones we spoke about. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously from a playoff seeding uh, perspective, it obviously matters quite a bit to the Packers. It's actually the game, it's the one of the later kickoffs on, on Sunday before the Packers' Sunday night football game against the Titans. So we'll know going into the Titans game if the Rams can pull out a a win against Seattle, that all we need to do to, to wrap up home field is, is get, the, get the win. So it'll be nice, obviously, fingers crossed that uh, the Rams can pull it out and we can go into that game knowing full well exactly what we need to do to get the ball back play. I personally, I think that the Rams, you know, something happens, teams play down to their opponent, you know, a few lucky breaks here and there, punter making exceptional tackles, you should definitely contact J.K. Scott because J.K. Scott could not tackle and the Jets punter made an unbelievable tackle to be touched down on, on a punt, uh, return. So, you know, sometimes it's just not your day. I think the Rams, you know, they're going to be pretty motivated um, to, 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 to go into get the, the win against Seattle and, and I do fancy them just because Seattle haven't been playing that well of late. Um, what made them so formidable at the start of the season seems to have stopped. Their, their offense seems to have busted a bit. I mean, last week against the, the Washington football team, that they, they jump out to a 20-3 to three lead and then they let the Washington football team come all the way back almost, uh, bar a, a late uh, yeah, a late sort of Dwayne Haskins interception that, they, that the Washington football team might well have won that game. Even, um, even so, the week before, the, the Seahawks didn't look particularly clever either. I think it was the Giants or the Jets. No, it was the Jets again, wasn't it? So, the last couple of games, I mean, no, against the Jets, they absolutely dumped them uh, to a 43, but then the week prior to that, that they lost to the Giants. So, these are three very, you'd say, inferior opponents, teams that you would certainly expect to win. So, they've won one of those games comfortably. They've lost one of those games at home that you'd expect them to win. And then they've, they've almost, they've, they've got, gone much, much closer to, with a Washington team. Now, this Washington team, yes, they, they have been okay of late and obviously beat the Steelers but based on uh, their recent output doesn't seem that hard at the moment but um, yeah I think that the Seahawks are definitely trending in the wrong direction from uh, an overall performance energy come towards the, the business age and I do I do think the Rams will, will turn it around given the what, what happened against the Jets so I'm, I'm going to go for the Rams obviously it's good for the backers but I also think that they're on the better side yeah, I'm going for the Rams as well, but I think that's mostly uh, playoff wishful thinking. Um, <laughs> the Seahawks might have enough about him. It depends on on basically how well Sean McVay does, because as everyone knows, he basically is, is the puppet master for Jared Goff. Um, I fucking hate Jared Goff. I think he's the most beige man on the face of the earth. Um, but if if he turns up with, a, with even like a flash of colour in him, he, he could do well against the Seahawks secondary. Um, right then, so MVP this week, James. Who have you got? Yeah, so my MVP this week um, was is Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he was unbelievable. Uh, I watched the game with the Broncos. 
Bill's game, the one prior to the, the Packers game on, on Saturday. And I was thoroughly impressed um, at, at the output that, that, that Josh Allen had. He threw for just he threw for 359 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Ran in for two scores, I believe. Uh, he was just unbelievable. Um, he absolutely killed me in my fantasy matchup. Obviously, my opponent had him, but I, I couldn't help but marvel uh, what what the performance he put. That locks up the the division for the Bills. Um, their fans have always had a bit of a soft spot for them, just because any team that goes to four straight Super Bowls and loses loses all four and then doesn't make the playoffs for you know a decade plus deserves a bit of a uh, bit of respect. <laughs> so I am um, quite a bit of soft spot, and I, I was glad they pulled out that that win. Obviously, also win the division from the Patriots for the first time in a while. Yeah, Josh. I think it's no secret that on, on this podcast we have a bit of a soft spot for people like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and things like that. Like, you know, there must be something about we even like the Browns as well, weirdly enough. We do I'm an underdog, what can I say? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. You know, and I'm just glad the Patriots aren't in the, uh, in the playoffs for the first time in was it, like 12 years or something dark like that. Um, yeah, my MVP this week is the entire Bengals team for beating the Steelers quite convincingly with absolute dog shit on the field. Uh, was it their backup quarterback and then their third string quarterback as well? Yeah, they Brian just Finley. yeah they just looked like an actually like pretty good team despite being sort of like soup like their star number one draft pick quarterback being fucked for the for the year. Um, so I, I quite enjoyed because I'm, I'm in a group chat with about eighty other people, some of whom are Bengals fans, some of whom are Steelers fans. It was quite enjoyable watching the like reading through the messages that had gone on through the night. It was quite exciting to watch. Yeah, I, I get that. I think I was also pretty infused with the um, hit on Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously, he was dancing on the team's logo again. Um, that's been going so well for him of late. But uh, he was on TikTok, you know, dancing on the logo. And then he gets absolutely thumped into next week uh, very shortly afterwards, which I was absolutely 125% all about. <laughs> so, yeah, props, props to the Bengals. Steelers are dead. I don't know where they're going. Their offense is putrid at this point. Um, it's remarkably similar almost to last year. Obviously, they've got 11 wins that, that they need one to confirm a playoff berth at this stage, but they're going in the complete wrong direction at this point in time. And I'd be very surprised if they, could, they win a playoff. It would be peak 2020 if the Browns won a division with the Steelers going 11 0. Yeah, I mean, it would be some, some weird 2020 voodoo, particularly when the Browns, I mean, what, at the moment they, they've they currently got a losing record in the division as well. So <laughs> they're currently two and three in the division. It'd be interesting. Obviously, they'd have to go three and three and beat the Steelers in week 17. But uh, no, that would certainly be interesting. Well, given, given the way that the Steelers are playing, it's very possible that they'll do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Steelers have got a tough last two games. They've got Colts, um, this week, which is not, not an easy out by any stretch of the imagination, particularly a lot harder than playing the Bengals, and they lost to the Bengals pretty handily. Uh, and then following that, they've got the Browns, and the Browns have been very consistent all year, beating teams they should, and you'd argue they probably should beat the Steelers at the moment. So, <laughs> so I, think I, I think I saw a stat that the Steelers could go from first seed to sixth seed, after like being 11-0 first seed in the, in the AFC. Uh, by the end of the season, they could be sixth seed if they're lucky which is quite a fall from grace in just, what, four or five weeks? Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're already down to the three seed. The Bills have leapfrogged them now. Obviously, that the Bills beat them this week last week. Um, so, they, they're ahead now. And, yeah, I would not be surprised at all if uh, if they were to lose the next two weeks. Now, they can prove us wrong. They can go out and, and smash 
that AFC playoff picture, that is going to be let one team who really deserves to make it is going to miss out and feel for them because they, they might be an 11 win team that doesn't make the playoffs, even though this season seven teams are going. It's absurd. Usually, 10 wins, you're pretty much a shoe in for the playoffs, even when it was only 16. So mm. The fact that an 11 win team might well be on the outside looking in when there's an, another whole team going to the playoffs is, is ridiculous. But it's 2020, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for any listeners who are still with us at this point, you can probably tell that James is actually having a beer as, we, as we're recording this. So. <laughs> uh, right, James, you're Mr. Irrelevant this week. Who are we looking up? My Mr. Irrelevant this week is, is Dwayne Haskins. What a, what a twat. <laughs> I don't think there's any other way we can look about this. If you didn't know, his coach, Ron Rivera, is currently in treatment for cancer. I believe he's been he's been cleared that he's he's obviously still going through various bits of treatment and stuff, but yeah, but uh, yeah, not not the best shape. So you think that you know when it comes to to COVID protocols and the like, that you're going to be you're going to be sharp. You're the, you're the team starting QB now that Alex Smith is is gone down with injury. Um, you, you obviously just just lost the game against Seattle. Yeah, I mean you were in the game till late, but uh, what you probably shouldn't do after that is is head to the strip club and not wear a mask with anyone you're with. I don't think that's the, you know, the behaviour anyone should be doing. Whilst... Is, that, is that not the suggested protocol these days, no? No, whilst your head coach is, yeah, recovering from, from a bowel cancer, uh, been struggling all season, but getting IV drips at half-time, absolute hero. And you're not putting just yourself at risk, you're putting your entire team, the organisation, you're the starting quarterback. Like, you're being paid million do- millions of dollars to do a job. You can, the strip club can wait until the off-season. Because yeah. that'll only be like three or four weeks for these people anyway, so. Well, I mean, you never know. They might, uh, they might have, well, they've got, they're currently the front runner for, for, for the playoffs. I can't see them make, winning a game, but. Uh. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, I've gone for the Rams' entire team as my Mr. Relevant this week. Now, I know I've backed them uh, in the game of the week this week, but I had a bet on that the Jets were going to lose every game this season, and the Jets have knackered it for me. So, you know, standard, as, of, as we do pretty much every week, fuck Adam Gase. Uh, but also, fuck the Rams this week, because they fucked me up. So, they've cost me about 100 quid, so fuck the Rams. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that sentiment. That, that's frustrating. I mean, you've got to feel for, for Jets fans at this point. Not only is your team pure dog shit, there's no two ways about it. So, Just but you have, garbage. Yeah, but you have a beacon of hope out there, which is Trevor Lawrence, one of the most hyped like college prospect quarterbacks of a generation. You know, the last time that I remember this much hype around a QB coming into the league was, was Andrew Luck for the Colts. Um, and obviously he, barring the weird retirement decision, was every, he lived every bit up to the billing up until when he decided to call it in a day. Trevor Lawrence is, is again, is this, this well-hyped. Uh, and you thought, you know, that is the beacon of hope for Jets fans. And then they go and beat a team that they have absolutely no business beating. They, they shouldn't have been in the competition. They should have been absolutely thrashed by, by the Rams. But somehow they come out and with a W. But actually puts you in a, in a worse position as an organisation because now the Jags have the, have the inside track for, for Lawrence. So not only are you going to be shit this season, you're probably going to be shit next season and beyond. You can only imagine that Trevor Lawrence is sitting at home watching that game, praying for a W for the last like five or six weeks. And then he's like, Jacksonville weather at least is better than New York. 
Yeah. You know, he, he was probably going to stay in college for his, his final two years rather than declare for the draft. Yeah, you've got that. Obviously, better, better weather there. Also, no income tax. So, there's, that's, there's another pro <laughs> to, to, be in, to be in Florida. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe he's pretty, pretty, pretty happy, lucked out. Yeah, so he's probably like the only person in New York that's actually buzzing for that loss. Like, um, <laughs> right, so anything else that we need to talk about? We've pretty much everything, have we not? Yeah, I think we've sort of touched on most bases. Obviously, really looking forward to this weekend's matchup. I am very wary of the, of the, of the threat of Derek Henry and the Titans, which is the Hills been playing out of his mind of late as well. So it'll be a really good measuring stick for the Packers team. If this team is as good as we hope they are, uh, and they are true. Super Bowl contender. They, this is the sort of week where you really then um, lay down the gauntlet. Show teams that coming to Lambeau in December, January is going to be fucking hard, and they just you know show what you're about. Ultimately speaking, so I'm looking forward. I'm hopeful that we're going to get the win, but uh, yeah, well we'll see how we do this time next week. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, I'll be doing the live tweeting this week because a. Uh, I'm in hospitality and we're all shut and B, it's fucking Sunday night and fucking why not. So I'll be doing the live tweeting this week. Um, you be, you can, I think people can generally tell when it's me rather than yourself because you actually like know what you talk about whereas I'm too busy calling everyone dickheads. Not actually paying much attention to the game itself. So I expect a lot of Snapwatch. I want to know yeah, <laughs> up, up, up to the second <laughs> update of where we are. Oh mate, see, see if we go to the Super Bowl, the Snapwatch for the Super Bowl is going to be off the hook. <laughs> put on a fucking spread. <laughs> hey, last year I had like um, buffalo chicken pizzas and everything. Like, there's so much food. And it's only me in the house. <laughs> it's just like a mountain, like full on smorgasbord of, of just like absolute shit, like wings and all sorts of stuff. Man, I, I didn't eat most of it. It just went off in the fridge for after like two, three days. So <laughs> always. Um, right then. Uh, on that note, then, if there's nothing else to, to talk about, are we no, uh, if, if anyone's made it this far. Have a good yeah. Christmas. If yeah, you, well, unless you listen good. to it after Christmas, then have a good Christmas next year. Uh, <laughs> have a better Christmas. Yeah. yeah, have a better one, which would be harder because you're probably not even going to be able to see a family. But <laughs> uh, we we sort of spoke briefly about doing a, an awards this year. We're going to do that later on, like at the end of regular season. Yeah, if we aim to do that at the end of the regular season, do do our own personal awards uh, for for the season. Fingers crossed, we can do it in the week that the Packers are on by. That would be that would are be crossed. Group. This is a. Uh, time really nicely it's like a little filler week so yeah my fingers are crossed i appreciate this is an audio format but <laughs> appreciate my fingers are actually crossed oh no no, no. I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm gonna push this uh, this youtube channel idea and everyone's gonna see a smashing christmas jumper james it is good it is, <laughs> it is spectacular right on that note uh you can follow us on twitter if you aren't already it's at shuffle pack you can get in touch with us but i mean i don't know about you james but i barely ever check it but the email for the account is uh shuffle the pack pod at gmail.com and uh, yeah, go pack, go. Go pack, go.